Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, we're going to hear from Sarah Maxwell, an adult living with clubfoot and limb deformity. She's going to speak about her experience of having clubfoot and the platform she uses to raise awareness. Sarah tells us the story of her clubfoot treatment and how she spreads awareness of clubfoot through her social impact initiative by participating in the Miss America sponsorship competitions. I will let Sarah tell you about her experience with the program and how she is spreading awareness about not only clubfoot, but all disabilities through her work. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for you to be here and to share your story with us and all of the fellow Clubfoot community out there listening. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm very, very excited to be here. Well, thanks for taking the time to do it. So let's just jump in. So why don't you just start with telling us about your Clubfoot personal treatment story? So for me, we found, we actually found out I had clubfoot very, very early and being my mom's first, it was very stressful for her. I started having my cat, my leg serial cast when I was eight days old. And then at three months old, I had my very first surgery and that was just to curve my feet back around and they dropped my heel. And after that, we just tried to do some more serial casting and leg braces. And then when I was five, I had another surgery and that was to put a donor bone in because my feet weren't growing straight. And after that surgery, I actually had my left foot had a bone that started growing upwards. So then I had a really bad arch in my left foot on top of my club foot. So then I was seven we actually had to take that bone out and I had to have another surgery on both sides of my feet. And that was to pull my tendons so they could be able to stretch. And that is when we realized that my feet stunt growth and stunt growth is when in a certain part of your life, your feet just stopped growing. And that is why as a 23 year old, I have a size two in kids feet, very, very tiny. And After that, I had another surgery and that was to have my plantar fascia cut and doing that actually really, really helped. Before that, I might add, is I used to walk on my toes throughout elementary school and middle Mm. school. And Mm. we actually had to do all serial casting and then we tried leg braces and I was just in and out of those back and forth throughout my whole life. And then there was a time where I had to be in a wheelchair for a really long time because of the position that my casts were in. But mm-hmm. luckily when I was about 15, I started walking flat-footed again. And then when I was 20 years old is when I had my last surgery where my plantar fascia was cut. Mm-hmm. But throughout mm-hmm. my whole life, I've just been in and out of surgeries and in and out of seeing my doctor about once every two months. And I think just throughout my whole process, I was just trying to get through it. And I didn't even understand what I was going through when I was younger. I just thought that this was normal. Everybody had some type of disability. Mm. And I was in middle school before I even realized not everyone even had a disability. Mm. Wow. So you've been dealing with the clubfoot treatment journey, like from birth all the way through. It's in some 
stage, you've had to have some sort of treatment. Yeah, pretty much. I had my last surgery when I was 20. And then I grew out of Nemours Children's Hospital. And then I had to start going to an adult club foot doctor. Oh, so then that was a big change for you too, then. It was a very big change physically and very, very emotionally because Uh I am now an adult, which I was shocked. I'm shocked that I'm an adult still. It's very hard to believe that I'm here. And now it's at a point where my feet are full grown Mm -hmm. and Mm. there's not much more you do with clubfoot. So now it's just, Mm. I live every day with my disability and it's kind of the best that they're going to get. And that was actually really hard for me to realize because Mm. I just always thought it was going to be me and my children's hospital and just always progressing and fixing my feet. And I never realized when I was an adult, they're full grown. This is your disability. Yeah. It's an interesting thing that I think about a lot. It's a good point that you make because I think as parents were sold this story that our kids will, our feet will be our kids' feet will be corrected by the age of five or throughout, you know, maturity. Like there's always relapse that could happen during growth spurts, that sort of thing. But the reality is the more that I do this work, that it's a limb deformity. And so it's the whole lower limb. And so there are cases and everybody's different. And just because my daughter's going to have fully corrected feet at five does not mean that at some point in the future, we're not going to have to do something else or have a different treatment plan. But it's, yeah, your feet are fully grown now as an adult. And I think we all think that means we'll be done. Like clubfoot will be done at that point. But in some cases like yours, that's not the case. And so there needs to be room in the community for stories and, everybody's experiences, even if they're different than what is generally talked about. Yeah, I think it's very important to advocate for Clubfoot for that specific reason. There's many different versions, Mm -hmm. especially when I'm at Nemours. I do have to be careful about what I say because I don't want to scare the kids and I don't want to scare the parents. But for me personally, I had a very, very tough Clubfoot. Mm-hmm. We knew that my club foot was going to last me my, in a lifetime. We knew that I was going to have surgery all the way up until I grew out of the children's hospital. But that's the point. There's so many different stories and club foot varies mm-hmm. in many forms. And that's why I choose to advocate for it. And Miss America really does help me do that. Mm-hmm. Being the first ever contestant on mm-hmm. the Miss New Jersey stage living with club foot was very shocking to me after a hundred years of this organization being created. We have many different stories. And I think it's important for everyone to know that Clubfoot, there's not one of the same. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. So you touched on that. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what your platform is that you spread awareness for Clubfoot and share your story. So you talked about Miss America. So tell us what that is, what... I just want to hear all about it. Miss America is a scholarship organization. We are known as a scholarship competition now. We are not actually known as pageants anymore, which is a big upgrade for the Miss America organization because we are all about 
spreading awareness for our social impacts that we personally create ourselves. And we're all about scholarships. The whole point is creating women for the world and the world for great women. Mm-hmm. It's about being prepared and almost being just a boss woman. So mm-hmm. for my platform, for my social impact initiative, mine is no one walks alone, clubfoot mm. and limb deformity awareness. So for me, mm-hmm. that's just what I've been able to advocate for. Cause I always say how I'm proudly living with and advocating for my social impact initiative. Mm. I actually have a website, which is no one walks And on there is where I share events that are coming up. And that is where I do my mentoring. That is how people are able to find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, my personal phone number. I give it all out because I want easy access to be able to talk to someone. Mm Because I think it's important for that younger generation to be able to have that one-on-one connection with someone who has lived through that disability. And I do actually have quite a few members, which is not just children, but also parents. There's just a lot of questions that people have that I feel like I can give some of the answers to. That's Mm -hmm. why on my website, I share my own stories throughout my blogs. And I give a lot of information about Clubfoot because it might seem that there's so many with this type of deformity, but yet there's not many people because mm-hmm. there's all different versions of clubfoot. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you say that because the part that's interesting about clubfoot is that it's not typically a visible deformity, right? You can't look at somebody and be like, that person has clubfoot when they're 20. And so you get to that point where it's harder to spread awareness about it if it's not a visible thing that, so you have to talk about it in order for people to know and to be able to hear you. So how did you choose Clubfoot and the No One Walks Alone as what you were going to do for your social impact? Like, how did that come about? I knew that when I started joining, actually, before I joined Miss America, I did my local competition at West Effort. Mm -hmm. where I actually became Miss West after 2019. Mm -hmm. And at first I was working with the March of Dimes because Mm -hmm. one of the, to be a March of Dimes baby is to live with a disability that lasts you a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So I always had my, my club foot and I always started raising money here and there and doing some nonprofit stuff for Nemours Children's Hospital club foot team. Mm -hmm. So then when I joined Miss America, I knew I wanted to solely focus on advocating for my disability because growing up nobody understood and then I realized I kind of didn't understand my own disability it was just what I was living with so I was just coming up with a name and that's where I figured out no one walks alone because I kind of just am going through life and I had a support system with my family but there was just nobody like me. So I had that alone feeling for a very long time when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So that's why I came up with No One Walks Alone, because I want to be able to help someone go through their journey, knowing somebody else with their disability. Mm-hmm. So advocating for Clubfoot has been absolutely amazing, because I think I've helped my younger self in a way. 
because I was always insecure and I just didn't love the way I looked. And now having club foot and people actually not being able to see it, it's just very different because now I don't feel nervous right away mm. because you can't see my disability. Mm-hmm. So now when I advocate for it, it's a little shocking because it's almost like I look like a success story, mm-hmm. but I still struggle every single day. And when I was actually at Miss America last year, we had to learn an opening number routine. Mm -hmm. And I was very upset the entire day. I was in pain. I had trouble keeping my balance. I couldn't stand. But honestly, because of my Miss America sisters, they helped me. Mm -hmm. I was on the ground at some point, like in tears. And I had someone come over to me and pick me up. And that's the point of Miss America is that sisterhood. Mm. That's, that's what I really liked most about it. I was able to be myself mm. and I didn't feel alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You found that sisterhood of people who are willing to support you, but didn't necessarily have the exact same thing that you were going through. So they identified it and you were able to spread awareness, but also gather support and to understand that, to broaden the no, no one walks alone. It's not just for clubfoot people. It's to help everybody understand that no one walks alone on their journey in life. Yeah, I do try to, when I talk about my clubfoot, I make it clear about disabilities and overall not having that aloneness, but that's like a complicated thing with my social impact. Cause mm-hmm. when you hear clubfoot, it's like, oh, is this this disability that someone's born with and they wear these things on their legs? Mm -hmm. But I try to make it more clear. It's about overall disabilities. It's Mm -hmm. about inclusion. Mm -hmm. And it was just always about not having to feel alone when you are living with this disability. But because my disability is club foot, I wanted that to be my main focus. And that Mm -hmm. is why it's, club foot and limb deformity awareness, mm-hmm. which for a long time, I didn't even know this, but limb deformity, a big part of that is that the Achilles tendons are shortened and tightened. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that's necessarily what limb deformity was at first, mm-hmm. but it was actually very interesting. Even with the disability, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting part about being in the community and spreading awareness. And even the platform that I do is like, I learn new stuff all the time. And I feel like I talk about Clubfoot all the time, like every day, multiple times a day. I'm sure you feel the same, but it's like, there's never an end to my learning about it because there are such a wide variety of people's experiences and the severities of the club foot. And so it's in, it's interesting that you always get to learn. There's always new things to learn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what is your current, what, what title is it still title? Is that right? Yes. We say awarded the job. Sometimes we use title, but it's more, it's just, it's more of a job. Mm. We don't really talk about the crowns and we don't necessarily talk about titles, Mm. but we do call ourselves local title holders. 
Okay. So what is your current awarded job? <laughs> I am Miss Veterans Day 2023. And sometimes I do get asked, why are you 2023 if it's 2022? Mm-hmm. And I do say it's because we go by the year that it's going to be in June, because that's when Miss New Jersey is. Mm. Okay. So what does that mean? Miss what does Veterans, Veterans Day, Day mean? <laughs> So Miss Veterans Day was actually created by my director. Her father passed away and he was a veteran. So she wanted to create a title that was personal and important to her. So that is why she created Miss Veterans Day. It's in memory of her dad, which I felt very close to about because I actually lost my dad 13 years ago now. But So I I kind of just had like that personal connection with her right away. And that was before working with her Mm -hmm. as a title holder. That was me getting to know her as a director. And we actually created that bond. So when I was awarded Miss Veterans Day, it was just, it was just so much more because we don't only get to know our sisters, but we get to know these amazing directors. Mm -hmm. But with the title Miss Veterans Day, I wanted to live up to the name So that is why I started working with nonprofit organizations with veterans. And I actually partnered with my college, Drexel University, their veterans and affairs team, because I wanted to be able to branch out of just my own social impact. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to work with almost everybody in the community, all these different organizations. And being Miss Veterans Day has opened all these doors where I've been able to work with those organizations and I've been able to go to certain events. And I advocate for Club Foot at these events. Mm-hmm. It's not just all about our veterans and how much I personally honor them, but I do explain this is my social impact and to live up to the title, I wanted to work outside of it I wanted to work with what the title was but Mm. that's why I was able to actually branch out as much as I did and now there's a lot of veteran organizations that know what Clubfoot is that's never even heard of it yeah I love that I think the broader your network the broader you can spread awareness right the more it's not just about helping the community, the Clubfoot community, but it's also about raising awareness throughout the entire world about what the Clubfoot experience is. And it sounds like you have such a great platform to do that. Yeah, I think definitely this year itself, I've already been over 40 hours of community service. I've already been to about like 15 events and I've had this title for just a little over a month. Hmm. But there's just so many people that had no idea what Clubfoot was. And I actually met some veterans who had family members living with this disability. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just amazing because I never got to know that many people who mm-hmm. had Clubfoot. And mm-hmm. it's just very interesting to figure out the stories behind certain people you meet and how it can connect to you. Because I have a lot of veterans in my family. So when I talk to them, I actually do you explain my family and how I can relate to them and understanding that I honor all veterans because they are the reason that we are free. Mm -hmm. But then I also am able to bring in living with my deformity 
And then there's actually been about, I would say, three or four people now who had family members living with this disability. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy how our worlds intertwine. Mm-hmm. That we're all, when you find those connections, it's so incredible to build off of those and to um, just create those relationships with people who you never would have known. And I think that's one of the beauties of Clubfoot is it's created this whole different world where I was like, oh, and so many times they've even had that same experience where, you know, we're out and about or especially when she was little and people be like, oh yeah, my brother had that. And you would never know because we don't talk about it. Right. It's um, so it created all these different opportunities for a connection that wouldn't have existed otherwise. Yeah. It's very different. Honestly, when you said that about your daughter when she was younger, all I could think in that moment was all of the times my mom would be looked at because I had like my feet all curved in Mm -hmm. and she felt always like people were judging her Mm -hmm. and that was something my personally my mom went through Mm -hmm. off topic (laughs) no I think it's I think that's right I think it's this part of it's part of the whole experience and that's why it's so interesting with Clubfoot because so much of it is decisions that are made by the parents versus the same, like, I'm not the patient. I'm not a club foot. I don't have club foot. I'm not living with club foot. That's all my daughter's experience. Um, my experience is just of what it's like to be the parent of a club foot kid and to be responsible for majority of her treatment and mm-hmm. how that intertwines together into creating this kind of joint story for us moving forward. No, it really is. My mom very much struggled and she just always thought to herself, it could be worse. worse. I couldn't even have a daughter. Mm. And it was very important to me to know that about her Mm -hmm. because I saw her struggling almost more than I did sometimes because it hurt her when people would stare at me Mm -hmm. because I was I was walking in cast a majority of the time before leg braces. They used to cast me and I would go back every two weeks and get them on, get them put off because it was almost like, like teeth braces. Mm-hmm. You had to slowly move them into a certain place. Mm-hmm. She felt a lot of judgment yeah. and really it was hard. Mm-hmm. And then I would walk a lot and then sometimes people would be confused why are you walking if you have casts on? You shouldn't be walking. And there was just small things like that that like kind of upset her. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I don't usually get to talk about because it's almost like explaining club foot. I talk a lot about me and what I've been through, but then there's a lot of times where I do want to talk about how hard it is for our parents mm-hmm. because they have to see us almost struggle every day and they have to see these bars and casts and leg braces be put on us Mm -hmm. and then when we have to get them off and that saw I have PTSD from the saw that it gets the cast off because it was super super hard for me especially when I was a Mm preteen that's when we're going through so many different emotions and then on top of that that's when we were really really correcting my club foot. That's when I had to go to school with casts on my legs. Mm-hmm. And middle school was probably my middle hardest. Middle school is hard enough. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, without all the added cast and feeling yeah. different in middle school is the end it's, of the world. And it's so very stressful a lot, especially gym class. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a big one. It's because we I would go to middle school every day and it was hard to have, it was hard to make friends. Like I would think going into middle school from elementary school, it would not be that different, but it really was. Mm. I, sometimes I have to question what to say and what not to say, but there is a story where I had someone tell me that people didn't want to be friends with me because I wore those things on my legs. Mm. And to me, that was not right. And now being an adult, I think, wow, how could somebody mm-hmm. ever do that to somebody? Mm-hmm. Why would you go out of your way to tell someone that they didn't want to be friends with you because of this? You can't control this disability that you are born with. Mm-hmm. But that's why middle school was absolutely my hardest time. Mm-hmm. But that's why I get nervous sometimes when I do have kids in my program who are going through that middle school preteen time because I know for me personally, that was my hardest time with my disability. Mm. Yeah, I I can only imagine. And I think it's an interesting experience for you to be able to witness your mom's burden too of like how much she struggled. Uh, I think majority of when I was struggling was when my cutie was so little that she doesn't have any and won't have any memories of that. But as we move forward, if she does have to have more treatment, it will be interesting to see how that dynamic is different because she has developed in my, uh, she'll have knowledge and she'll be witnessing my own struggle with dealing with it as well. So I think it's interesting that you bring that up about being able to witness your mom's experience in a way that maybe other clubfoot parents don't have their kids witness their experience. Yeah. 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 It was very interesting because I, she was almost in pain more than I was sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I think she just knew that she, like I was her little girl. I was her little like clubfoot cutie and she just, she struggled And sometimes I just didn't struggle because I honestly didn't remember what it was before I was five and I had like surgery. Like Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, I didn't know that my bones were shaved and that all these crazy things happened. And yeah, you have no memory of that when you're like really young, but our parents saw that. Mm -hmm. Such an interesting dynamic in in the journey. Was there something that your mom did that you felt like was super supportive for you, that she helped you along the way? My mom has always been my biggest support mm-hmm. in every single thing that I do. My mom actually has to always be the one almost for me to remember that I have a disability because I always try to look through it and past it. But I would just have to say, she's had so much support through me throughout my entire life. And if I was on my feet all day, she would come into my room and carry me to the bathroom at night. And there's just some things that she did because she was my mommy. And I didn't, there's some, there could be so many things that she did that I don't even realize was like super amazing until I really think about it. 
carrying me in the middle of the night and always driving me to the hospital whenever I needed to go there. And it was a lot of mobile mm-hmm. stuff. She had to yeah. use a lot of her strength getting mm-hmm. me in and out of those cars a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I just think overall, I had a, I actually wrote a blog about this. One of my biggest things I struggled with was wearing heels because I would see mm-hmm. all these girls with these beautiful heels and I could never wear them. My mom really like she didn't she was upset about that. So she actually came up with this idea to use character shoes, which are shoes that usually people use to perform and dance on Broadway or in all musical mm-hmm. theater plays. Mm-hmm. So we got a pair of those and they actually were able to mold to my foot. And that was the best part of those. So I actually wrote a blog about this because. That is a great and amazing idea that my mom had. Mm-hmm. And I use these shoes all the time. I have, I've painted them silver and gold and I have a red pair and I have an American flag pair I just made. And something so simple like that, that she took the time to like really think about, like mm-hmm. that was important and that was special to me. Yeah, the things that she does to make you successful. Yeah, and like, I think it's a lot of small things. Mm -hmm. because maybe outside looking in oh you can't wear heels that's not a huge deal Mm -hmm. but for me at that time it was a very big deal to me because it just felt like everyone was able to do this simple thing of wearing heels and I couldn't and my mom just wanted to make it a little bit better the best that she could Mm. kudos to your mom that's amazing So we have a lot of parents that listen to this podcast and what's one thing that you want to tell them? My goodness. I, I don't, you know, it's very hard to talk to the parents. I wish I could be honest and just say, kind of don't worry Hmm. because at the end of the day, we grow into the person like we grow to who we are, like living with this, the, our disability, we almost can get through it. And we're always going to find ways to be able to do sports or have a job or be in theater. Mm-hmm. And I just think the biggest thing is to always support your child mm-hmm. and to always think about those wow moments. Mm-hmm. Wow, my kid is able to walk wow, my kid is attempting a sport. And I think it's just a lot of remembering what they went through and who they can become with in, within time of living with their disability. Yeah, I love that. I think it's such a good message for parents out there to hear, not just clubfoot parents, but all parents, right? All parents. You support your child into becoming who they are meant to be. And there are going to be things on their journey that weren't expected for us as parents, but that isn't going to stop your child from being able to be who they are. Yeah, it really, I can promise you, I wanted to be so many different things Mm -hmm. from an astronaut to a hairdresser, to a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't letting anything stop me. And even though there was times where I almost knew I wouldn't be able to do certain things, my mom always let me try. 
Mm. That was my biggest thing. Mm. Like you try your best and sometimes you won't succeed, but as long as you motivate your child to try, and that is again, not for club foot patients, that's for almost all parents. Mm-hmm. I actually was on the swim team in high school, my freshman year. <laughs> and after I did my first meet, my mom's crying in the, in the stands. I'm like, mother, why are you crying? I am in high school. This is a little embarrassing. It never gets old <laughs> for us as parents. It's just, she was just happy. Yeah. And she just can't believe the accomplishment that was able to come after witnessing what I went through when I was very little. That's just incredible. So you talked about the moments, right? I'm a big moment person myself. So you're saying the wow moments, right? Yeah. Um, Those are those moments. And I'm not even like, for me, the moments thing isn't even just like great congratulatory moments. My moments are just like, what are the things that stop you and that stick in your brain? And you're like, okay, I remember this. So do you have something that really stands out to you through this whole process? Um. You know, the first thing that I think of is one of those things where sometimes I question, what do I say and not? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I remember the certain little things that happened when I was bullied when I was younger, when I had my cast mm-hmm. and the certain things that I looked on the positive side about mm-hmm. because I'm when I was in gym, it would be like, how can you do any of these sports? Mm. Are you faking it? Mm. Sometimes I really look at them. I'm like, I, I fake the plaster cast on my legs. I was always, and you know, what the crazy thing is, is that I have to always remember. And sometimes when I was a kid, I would stomp away and not be happy hearing these things, but it was to help make me mobile. It was to live a happy healthy mobile life in the future so I couldn't sometimes and when I was a kid I didn't think about that a lot Mm -hmm. but now always looking back I always have to almost remember that there was a purpose for this and sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to go through certain little things that might break you down but you're gonna be built up again in the future and now actually advocating for club flight it's helped me much and I really wish that like younger Sarah could have almost known that this would happen yeah I mean if only we could go back and tell our younger selves all the things right yeah Um, this little moments that mm -hmm. I I think about those like little moments in life that brought me down Mm. but later I knew would make me stronger Mm. yeah that's beautiful I think I think that I think about that a lot too. Like without the, without having gone through everything, wouldn't be where I am. And all of those moments that not even just like those amazing moments, the really hard moments is what led me to be where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. So that's wonderful. So if people are listening and want to follow your story and support you, where should they go? I would. Straight up, go to noonewalksalone.net. On there is where you can find all of my social media accounts, my personal email, and my personal phone number. Okay. 
where you can follow my journey and read blogs about other kids who I've helped. That's amazing. Okay. I will, um, for everybody listening, I'll tag that in the show notes so that you guys will have that direct link to be able to connect with Sarah. So I really appreciate you being here, taking the time to tell us your story. And I just wish you all the best of luck. And thank you so much for everything that you're doing to raise awareness for Clubfoot Cuties everywhere. I think it's just such an inspiration for kids to see and like have representation out there. And it's so important. So I'm just so grateful for everything that you're doing and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I am honestly grateful for you and what you have done also. Thank you so much for having me here today. Honestly, so fun. I love hearing about it because the truth is I don't really know a whole lot about it. And so it's so nice to be able to hear more and to learn more and to hear people's stories and how they're using um, their experiences to share with the world. And I just love that. Um, you're doing that. So thank you so much for everything. Thank you. And wishing you all the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I hope I can make the Clubfoot community proud on the Miss New Jersey stage in June. Oh, for sure. No doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that you will. So thank you so much. I want to thank Sarah for being a guest today on the podcast, telling us her story and explaining all about the Miss America world. I want to thank you for everything that she does to spread awareness about Clubfoot, and I wish you only the very best of luck in all of your future endeavors, and I'll be following along and cheering you on as you go. As always, thanks for listening, and if you liked this episode and found it helpful, please share with anyone you think could benefit from it. If you need to get in contact with me, you can do so through my website at marinehoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.